What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kimura Chronicles. And this is your reaction show for UFC 222 Cyborg versus Kuniskaya. It's Jay Rance once again with my co-host Val Cisco. What's going on, Val? Doom, doom, doom. Another one bites the dust. I'm feeling okay, <laughs> man. You know the wheels in the sky keep on turning. Is that is that your share impersonation or Creed? What was that? What was that? A little bit of both, you know. <laughs> and, the, and you know what? This wasn't a bad card. I'm happy with the card. It wasn't a bad card by any stretch. A little mm-hmm. uh, soft points, a little low points in the night. But you know what? I enjoyed it. What about you? Mm. Wow. I hate to be the Debbie Downer. It was a great card, but somewhat, somewhat a lot of low, two low points for me because I had expectations for these matches to be completely different in my eyes, and they went the opposite. They like took a wrong turn at Albuquerque, you know. So, um, ooh, See, but, oh, yeah, you can't be going to Albuquerque. That's what happens. Mm. Mm-hmm. The only person that was out of Albuquerque that did just fine today was Andre Alowski. But go ahead. Uh, exactly, exactly. That's the only person. But besides that, I mean, it was it was a great card. It was a great card. It was a heartbreaking card at one point for the co-main event. So I don't want to get into that, but it was heartbreaking to see that. And yeah, just I I, I don't know. I just had like it, 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 way different hopes for certain fights, and they just did not go how I planned. But hey, that's just me, you know, for thinking that way and picking those picks. But overall, it was a great fight. I give kudos and hats off to every competitor in tonight's fight. And um, but yeah, it was it was a great card. It was a great card. So, um, do you want to add anything into this before we just jump straight into this, or is there something you want to touch or discuss really quick from like the prelims as well or anything? Um, if you want to bring out prelims, definitely that John Dodson fight was uh, great to see. Love to mm-hmm. see John fight anytime. I always feel win or lose, he always brings such a great energy and yes. such a great positivity into the UFC. There's not a lot of positive people out there. So mm. when it comes to the power of P, I love my man. John <laughs> <P>. <laughs> uh, you know what? So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna follow the trend of being the Debbie Downer. Man, what was dirty ass Hector Lombard thinking by clipping C B Dalloway after the bell? Dirty, dirty ass Hector Lombard. He just did that because he was so frustrated because CB Dalloway was fighting a good fight, catching him, clipping him with some strong body shots, you know, with legs to the body. And Hector Lombard just lost it. He he saw red and clearly just clipped him with like a two piece, you know. And then you know it was intentional because as he's walking away, he's taunting like, "Yeah, like take that." That that was real dirty of Hector, man. I, I've I've never seen Hector pull anything like that. How do you feel about that? You know. Us um, Hispanics being from the islands, whether it be from the New York islands or the Puerto Rican islands, you know, we got to support the Caribbean folks. But the same token, you know, mm-hmm. Lombard doing his best Paul Daly. I don't know. Yeah. Like, in some ways, it's a dirty move, but I cracked up because it's so dirty. It's like, what do you got to lose now? It's like, I don't think he's going to be in the UFC anymore. He doesn't even seem motivated. He doesn't. Like just like, a stint that he wanted to do. Yeah, and and you can tell it was intentional because he's sitting there and TB Dalloway is like, he looked damn near concussed because, you know, he got carted off and you see Lombard, like, he was kind of happy with his work, with his dirty doings. Like, you know, he was just sitting there, not surprised. Oh, yeah, you're disqualified. He's just like, 
uh, okay. Then I guess to make it seem somewhat politically correct, his camp says, no, we're going to appeal that because it wasn't a dirty <laughs> shot. No, that's BS, man. That's BS. You know, it was dirty. Lombard showed no emotion. If anything, the only emotion he showed was frustration by clipping him and then walking away and pointing at him like, hey, yeah, that's what you get. You know, man? And, and, and hats off to Dalloway because he was fighting a good fight and he was on his way to winning the first round, man. Yeah, he was, definitely. And yeah. he didn't do because as a person who followed Hector Lombard from Bellator, he was coming into the UFC with a lot of hype. The fact that he is floundered, whether it be in the middleweight or the welterweight division, it just, it, it's mind-baffling, whether it be the steroids, whether it be the TRT, whether it be the lack of both of them now. Mm-hmm. It's um, a totally different fighter. I don't know. I want to see the, the, the soldier of God go against the, the Hector Lombard. That would be a great I'll scrap. That. I'll take that with Al Pacino as a referee. <laughs> yeah, I would take that any day of the week. Those two goons in there. Oh, man, that would make for a great fight. But, yeah, and also just uh, touching real quick on the prelims, we saw Mac- Mackenzie Dern live up somewhat to that hype. You know, she lived up to the hype coming in uh, 5-0. and and but she saw herself in some 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 little troublesome waters, you know, because she did get clipped with a left hand by Yoder. Um, so but she lived up to the hype though. How'd you feel about that? Um, it's good. It's good. You know, give me a little sprinkle a sprinkle of freshness every once in a while. I think she uh, brings a breath of fresh air. So you know, um, I'm happy to see what she's gonna bring to the division. <laughs> I'm sorry for I'm sorry for laughing and cutting you off. I don't know when you said that. I just thought about the movie Wild Wild West. Oh yeah, it's I, a breath of fresh ass. I <laughs> was trying so hard not to do it. Oh man, a breath of fresh ass. That, oh man, that was great. Great minds thinking like, but but enough of that though. Yeah. She lived up to the hype. I definitely want to see some more of her, you know. Um <laughs> like um she looks like she's gonna be huh? Credentials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like she's really going to be. And I was actually surprised, though, because, you know, she's known for her BJJ, and she went out there and was not scared to swing with Yoder. You know, she was just going recklessly swinging because it was reckless, her style. You know, she was open because, of course, she is a BJJ artist. and But she still got the window, man. Great, great kudos to her. Hats off to her. She lived up to the hype. I want to see some more of her. But, what was the yeah. state? You know, a lot of these young cats these days are – are noticing whatever how am i gonna fight the fights am i gonna be a little bit more flashy or am i gonna do a safe way you know to each his own you know you're gonna have a credit do if you want to take down somebody and lay and pray with them and get your first ufc win or you know get your debut win mm-hmm. you or you can be like a, a sean o'malley and just go to town on somebody's face and hope for the best and you know yeah. what she did, she did a great job in this fight um before we get into the card uh, sure. Big shout out to One Up MMA for you know joining yes. us in the chat room today and um, having a good time, a couple of laughs. We would put everybody, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, join in. It's not scary. We have a good time. We like to play around. I want to hear your uh, the honorary member of this podcast right here, your pops. How did he feel about this? Oh, he 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 was ha- he 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 enjoyed it. He was having fun. He always watches the fight with me. You know, just I I don't always mention him, but he always that's like my right hand man when it comes to watching fights. You know, besides you guys and stuff like that. But you know that that was the group. The group was always you, Jeremy, my pops, and we would always watch the fights together. But yeah, me and him always watch them. We don't we don't miss him. He's always right next to me when we're writing on Facebook or whatever or Twitter, or whatever it is. And yeah, he he enjoys them. He actually gets more hype than me at times because if he, if he, if he is if if there's a knockdown or a knockout, you know I I, I 
I'm passionate. I love to scream, but he just goes on and he just doesn't know when to shut up. And I look at him like, okay, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> but no, he, he enjoyed it. He had a great time. He loves being a part of the, the interaction as well on the pages and stuff. Cause I actually had to bust his chops real quick. Like, yo, bro, come on, support the movement, support your son. Damn it. <laughs> like you get what I'm saying? So, but, um, yeah, nah, huh? Pretty sure that there was um, some silence in the in the household today for a couple of moments, though. I know. We'll oh have- yeah, yeah, yeah. There there was a, a moment of silence. We'll get right into that because I know um definitely for him it was. But yeah, jumping right into this, like we said, is UFC two twenty two Cyborg versus Kuniskaya. And the first, how do you want to do this? You want to do this from the top to bottom, or you just want to build up the intrigue? Man, let's just go from huh? Well, go for it. Go for it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just start from from bottom to top, build up the intrigue, you know. So we'll do that. So the first match of the night was one that I expected was going to go completely different, but it actually went the opposite. Like I said, wrong turn at Albuquerque. It was that women's bantamweight. We saw the return of Cat Alpha Zingano versus Ketlin Vieira, another prospect that she has a lot of hype. You know, she was undefeated coming into this match nine and zero. She has the ten and zero record right now. Um, Zingano was looking to bounce back, coming back from a loss. You know, and all those hard times she went through, but it really did not go her way, man. It, it went um, Ketlin's Vieira way, you know. She remained undefeated. She went out there, dominated Zingano, and a lot of it was just, you know, from the ground doing her thing, and I don't know. How did you feel about this fight? Did, were you were you thinking we were going to get this type of fight, or did you think we were going to get a different type of fight? Because I was surprised at seeing this. Different fight all around I thought was going to happen, and um, a little surprised, a little intrigued as well, too, with <laughs> Um, Catelyn, uh, I think I'm going to give her a lot more respect coming into these fights because not only did she um, first start off the fight with a couple of bombs, they both were throwing some, uh-huh. some leather start off the frown, but, you know, you know, Catelyn, she, she didn't back off whatsoever. She traded a couple of punches herself. The thing that I saw worse from Zingano was just her foot movement. I'm not sure if um, – I know Rogan and all said that it was a check um, kick that – uh, seen that injury, yeah. but even when she first started the match, she seemed off. She seemed she did not know where she was at. She seemed uncomfortable. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, she did seem a little off her game. Even like after it was all said and done, you see her sitting on her bar stool, and she just definitely looked off. I don't know what it was. If she just wasn't focused, um, a bad camp or whatever the nature is or that injury. Maybe she came into that match with that problem and she still wanted to go in there. Um, as, as well for Vieira, she said she was kind of injured and she still went out there with some fractured ribs or something with her ribs, you know, and she still brought the game, you know, to war. So I don't know what it was, but definitely Kazangano did not look like she was on her game. I don't want to take none away from Ketlin, you know, because she's a beast in her own right. But I was just really surprised because I thought, like we said in the preview pick show, that, you know, finally Kat um, kind of put all the stuff in her past to rest, you know, with the, the passing of her husband and things of that nature. And we just thought she was going to come in here reinvigorated. And I don't know. We I just did not see that. Like, I don't know what it was. I just saw it. To, uh, I, I, maybe something was, you know, affecting her or something because she did look a little bit off. And, and and it kind of sucks seeing that. Definitely, definitely. But you know, just to put a positive spin on it, Catlin, you know, her mm-hmm. her judo was off the chart today. You know, her counter uh, hip tosses were great. Not one, but two of them. And she did put um Zingano in danger a lot of times on the floor, grounded yes. submission attempts. You know, she was very dominant. I don't agree with the judges' scorecard saying it was a split decision. I do believe this was unanimous. I didn't see in no way that. 
it could have been split in no round. I think every round was all Catlin, in my opinion, though. Maybe a couple of shots here and there, leg kicks and um, a couple of one or two, one, two pieces, you know, a biscuit and uh and some crown fried yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that phrase in a while. You know, two pieces in a biscuit and a crown fried chicken and stuff like that, a honey baked biscuit. <laughs> like, but, um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Hats off to, to Ketlin. You know, she went out there. She lived for the hype. She's calling out for the strap. Um, So, with that being said, what you what do you think? What do you see next for Ketlin from here? Where does she go? Mm, it's weird because because of the result of the main event, we don't even know where um, Nunez's mind is at right now. Mm-hmm. Be a person that's going to stay in her division and keep on trying to prove that she is the alpha female in that division, or is she going to let her ego overcome her and try to move up in weight? It's very difficult yeah. uh, her decision after this. So you know, Caitlin, she has a couple of opportunities. Um, I know uh, Benya, she's um was injured. Is she still injured, or is she coming back soon? No, Juliana Pena, um, I think she's going to be off for a while because if I'm not mistaken, it could have been, or I think it was that she was um, pregnant. I think she was becoming a mammy. Um, so, you know, yeah, you're talking about Juliana Pena, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, she's be- she's becoming a mammy. Yeah, so um, definitely. But my thing, real quick, this is, this is what's kind of like a little bit controversial right now. We got number two, Raquel Pennington taking on Amanda Nunes for the strap. But then you got a person like Caitlin Vieira that's like undefeated, doing good, and it's like, why wasn't she considered in the mix? What do you, what do you think? You know, because if you look at the record, it's, it's a landslide, ten and zero, like nine and six. So, what do you think? It's just a gimme, feed me match, or they just didn't think, you know, they didn't find no no great prospects to give um Amanda Nunes. What do you think? I'll tell you why. It was mm-hmm. FC's uh, decision to say, you know what? Hey, Ronda, we heard you're gonna go to WWE. Let's let one mm-hmm. of your best friends get a towel shot for old time's sake, okay? okay. Everybody's fine here. What do you say? And you know what? Pennington does have a good story. You know, training with Rana being part of the four horsewomen of the MMA world. You know, it's a good story to avenge that loss for Ronda Rousey if they really play, play that. So I can see yeah. that. There's enough story there. Kel Pennington, one of you know, the ambassadors for uh, women's MMA as well, too. Been around the sport for a long time. Um... I think, you know what, she wasn't going to get a towel shot, you know, after this or this. She she fell into this, basically. And it's okay. You know, right. everything to gain, but everything really not to lose. Because at the end of the day, what, she got her chance and that's about it. She still could be a pioneer of women's MMA. So kudos to her. I give it to her. She reminds me of a Jeremy Stevens in a way where it was never going to happen, but it could possibly happen now. So F it. Give it to her, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I, I, I definitely see what you're saying, but I know there's just a little bit of controversy. Like, people are like, oh, hey, it's a feed me match, or she should not be fighting for this, you know? So, um, but I don't know. I mean, good luck to her. We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a mauling, in my opinion, but hey, you know, we're not up to there right now. So, yeah, <laughs> at least we agree on that. So, I mean, we're not up to that right now. But uh, speaking of Miss Alpha Zingano, where do you see her going from here? Because now she's on a two fight losing streak. What do you see next for her? Do you see, um, do you see her rebounding, finding that um former uh challenger for the title um form, or do you just see her just sliding down? Like you don't see her bouncing back. I would love for her to pack on the muscle 
and mm-hmm. train her ass off in the featherweight division and be an actual featherweight. I yes, um, I think the weight cut could be hurting her. There's a lot because I remember even her last fight, she looked ripped, and this was one of the first fights where she looked not bad, just she didn't look as in shape as she was before. So maybe yeah. going up to featherweight training, you know, it's noted that she trains with men exclusively all day, every day. Put that weight yeah. on, put that muscle mass on, and make that division start it up. You know, you have a chance right now to be still a pioneer in the featherweight division, you know, one of the women that started after Cyborg or that's not Cyborg, you know, every A needs a beat, unfortunately. And she could be that B if she um, really trains hard and um, uses this year to recuperate and make herself known in that division. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, I, w- I would like to see her bounce back, man. I'm not going to lie. She's, and it makes for such a feel-good story, knowing what she's gone through, you know, and stuff of that nature. It's just like you don't want to see this chick lose at all, you know. You just want to see her get that strap. Exactly. And she's a fan, and she's a fan favorite. So I know everybody loves her and they support her. So I would definitely love uh, for Zingano to bounce back. I'm a fan of her, so I don't know. But next, honestly, a weird, interesting match that I would like to see because Zingano was like number six, depending wherever you know they go now. I don't know. I would kind of just just for me. I would like to see a little match just between her and Beth Kohea. You know, I mean, Beth Kohea is not doing that great, you know, as well. But I think it would just be it would make for an interesting um, chemistry uh, a slugfest. You get what I'm saying? So I, I say maybe give her a, a fight like that to see if she has that you know desire to see and to see if she bounces back because you know Beth Kohea was another uh, challenger for the title. So. Um, I don't know. I would like to see that next. Do you have a preference of a fight that you would like to see for Zagano next? No. Um, I want her out of that division. Um, Koya sounds like a good fight, but I feel like that and no offense to any Koya fan, I feel like Ronda took her power. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. Oh, she did. She did, you know, but yeah. A bunch of grays being pulled to punches in that match. <laughs> um, Thank you. I just it, 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 sorry for cutting you off. I'm going to go on a rant right now. Thank you, because how many years ago was that? And I always stood by that, that she was yanking her braids and just holding her head there. No, no, no. She was just holding. No, bro. She was fighting dirty. Yep. Come on, man. Like, people open up your eyes, and I still stand by that, man. But, yeah, go ahead. No, no. And, and I feel like she has been the same fighter since. You know, before that, she had that bulldog mentality. I'm going to be in your face very smug and just try to knock you out. Like a mini mm-hmm. sidewalk almost. And after that fight, uh-huh. I just haven't seen that intensity that I wanted from Kohea. So it's um, it doesn't intrigue me. It intrigues me more yeah. to see actual a great comeback story from Kat Zingano and maybe yeah. training the best she can in the best shape she can be in and the best weight she could be in as well, too. She has to cut anything, or at least drastically, and she could be cut in that division and actually make a case to build this division from the ground up since the UFC yeah. is trying to build it from the top yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll get to that because I know you have a lot of uh, emotions and thoughts and views on that featherweight uh, we, uh women's featherweight division. But moving on to the second match of the night, it was a heavyweight. We saw Stefan Skyscraper Strew versus Andre Pitbull Arlowski, and this was another match that I was kind of disappointed on the way how it went because right off the bat, I'm just gonna say what you stated in the preview pick show yesterday, man. Stefan Struve has never, ever used that reach to his advantage, and we saw it once again tonight. 
this dude has like an 84% reach to Arlowski 78 or 77, whatever it is. And he didn't do nothing. It's like, also, he's the shorter, um, Arlowski's the shorter guy, and he's taking Stefan Struve down at will through the match. It's like, Struve, what are you doing? You're so big. You're so lanky. Use that reach. Throw a jab, because we saw Cormier just frustrated that he wasn't even jabbing or doing anything. I, I, I don't know. I was disappointed in this match. I thought this match was going to be better. It was either um, Struve was just off, because to me, he was just standing in front of Arlowski, letting Arlowski do whatever it was. And it was either that or Arlowski was just that damn good tonight. You get what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was just, I was just like really, and I was just really surprised. Like they said, you know, they said some stats that Orlowski had more takedowns in that fight than his whole career. So that just shows you, yeah, that just shows you that it was takedown central for Marlowski. Um, Maybe it was his game plan. Maybe they saw a flaw in Sefer Shruv that they were like, hey, take, take him down because he was just tripping him at will and revert. And oh man, it was, it was just crazy. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to get that type of match, you know, and I don't know. How do you how do you feel about it? Share, share your facts. Share your opinions. I mean, because I don't want to take none away from Arlowski. You know, being a vet, being a former um champion, he looked great. You know, this guy looks like he's prime, like he found a fountain of youth. You know, how do how do you feel about it? Well, you know, Mister J, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> well, you know, Mean Gene, this is what really <laughs> happened here. Once you you take down a 200 plus baby, you then. <laughs> Get the found of you've brought you suck the life like Shang Sun out of that baby, and you're like 20 years younger now. So after that Al baby beating that he gave, I feel that Andre has a lot more confidence in all his game, whether it be the the uh, the ability to stand in front of, in front of somebody knowing that he has the ability to dodge weave, whether it yes. be the takedown defense, whether it be the takedown offense that he never really uh, implements. I feel he's so confident in his game where he could actually experiment. And it was a dangerous match for him to experiment in, but I think it played to his advantage. He knew past experiences with Struve. He has not used his reach. So, okay, stay as mm-hmm. close as you can to him. Take him down. Frustrate him. Make him make more mistakes than possible. And that's what it was. He was capitalizing on every mistake Stefan was doing. Stefan should have been a smarter fighter here, you know, but I kind of saw the, the right on the wall ever since um we saw the uh, his little pre- um. His little pre, uh, what was it? His little talk down that he was having, saying that yeah. oh, I, I beat Stepe already, and you know, yeah, yeah, that, that was kind of that was kind of pointless and rhetorical because you just got your ass handed to you after saying that, you know, yeah, like it really was. <laughs> it makes Andre like a hero in a way. It's like he shut him up, he shut him <laughs> and I was happy with it in a way. Like it was a boring uh, fight. It's very technical fight, but it was a very boring fight to a lot of the casual view- viewers. But me myself. I, I saw it for what it was. It was just a, a fighter tr- uh, playing to his straights and, and taking advantage of a situation he knew what he studied. He studied tape as much as he could and implemented the game plan. Or maybe he listened to the Kimura Chronicles and said, you know what? Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I was just, I was just, hey, like I said, I, I was shocked. I was watching the match, like you said. To the casual fan, it would have been a boring match. And to the knowledgeable fan, it, it, it was just kind of amazing, like you said, that Arlowski just went out there and manhandled the solar man. I, I was upset. I was upset. It didn't look like Sefer Shruv. I don't know what the heck was going on because we've seen Sefer Shruv in some wars, but, man, tonight, 
I was just really disappointed because I was going Struve. I thought Struve, and, and like I said in the preview pick show, I thought uh, the biggest test for Arlowski was going to be the reach, man, but he just negated that, got up in there, took him down that well. Actually, it, it's crazy because you would think that Seth and Struve would be doing the, the roughhousing, but it was the other way around. It was Arlowski, the smaller guy. But um, kudos to Arlowski, vet. You know, in, in in the game for a while now, this dude looks like he's primed for another title run. What do you think? Give me that match. <laughs> like I'll take it. I'll take it because we're 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 falling into Raquel Pennington, uh Jerry yeah. Stevens territory right now. Where if he probably doesn't get it now, he probably won't get it again. So that, True. that match. True. You know what? I think th- I, I think that if they were to give Arlowski the title shot, I think that would make for a better match than the Ngannou match, in my opinion. Because the Ngannou match was just such a bust. It was just like, you know, it was such a bust. I think Arlowski would go out there, and I think it would be a great freaking war, those two guys just going at it. I, I would love to see that. But on the other hand, like I always ask you, What's up? Where, where does Struve go here? Struve in Skyscraper. Where does he go? What does he do? Does he take some time off, reconsider his career, looks at himself, and or just mans up and, hey, on to the next one? Where does he go? Before I get into Struve, I'm going to go and okay. talk about the elephant in the room and this fucking <laughs> pork chop mother. Daniel Cormier <laughs> calling out people, talking about that the heavyweight division is his division and people are looking for shots at his title. I hope you get a razor blade elbow to your nose and be humbled by Stipe. I'm telling you right now, because of the fact that you know that John Jones ain't coming close to your title anytime soon. You feel anytime like, soon. You're feeling very confident in your abilities right about now. Stipe Miocic is a totally different fighter than you have ever fought before. You've fought wrestlers. You've fought people that um, are past their primes. And you fought people that were on late notice, too. There has not been a credible challenger to your name that you have beat so far in any division. So you know what, Daniel Cormier? Shut the fuck down. Shut up. Can, can, go ahead. Go ahead. Go rant about that. You know what? While you rant, I'm about to look up Cormier's last record. Let's see. Yeah, because I haven't. I haven't. I don't know, man. And it's like you said. I think that, that the fact that um, DC, uh, DC, you hear me? The fact that... um. John Jones, whatever time suspension he's facing, I think that got him a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, big headed right now that he just thinks he's he he, and n- no matter what, you're always gonna be a paperweight champ in a lot of people's eyes, and he's one in my eyes, you know. No, 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 no. pop tart no more. The what? He's happy no one's gonna steal his pop tart no more. Yeah, and and no matter how many times he defends it, honestly, I I, I don't know until he takes it from the man that. Was the real champion? Because if you look at it, you manhandle, you ragdoll, you beat these guys. But when it comes to the champ, you've kind of lost him like two times. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, you have the luckiest, most blessed career ever in MMA history. <laughs> you beat a former team partner you knew you could spank in Patrick Cummings. You beat a mm-hmm. Anderson Silva as past his prime on late notice. You beat a withered Dan Henderson. Okay, you beat um a, a Vulcan. Uh, Vulcan. Yeah, there you go, Vulcan. That didn't make even a sense. That was a boring ass match itself, too. Mm-hmm. You, uh, Rumble Johnson was probably your only credible threat that you really had there, and of course, um, um, Alexander Gustafson. Those two, I will give you. Other than that, the fuck out of here. All right, like 
you should not be sitting on some kind of mountain thinking you're a King Tut. Oh, you have a cushy job with the UFC. <laughs> That's great. That's nice. Go eat some pancakes. Have fun with it. All right? But today, don't be calling out people in your division. You know, you're not going to be no two-time champion. Steve is going to whip that ass. That being said, though, Stephen What's Struve. up with Struve? Yeah, Stephen Struve, man of the hour. Stefan Struve, where does he go from here? Does he look in the mirror, you know, staring at the man in the mirror like MJ? Or does he take some time off? Does he bounce his back? Does his shoulders off? What does he do? Because, ah, man, Stefan Struve is a fighter that I feel that he just hasn't been molded right. Because, man, he has to, like one of the longest reaches in the heavyweight division. And if he uses that, that's his most... Like, that's his best weapon. I'm not talking about his jiu-jitsu, nothing else, but the reach, man. Right. The reach. Where does he go from here? All right. First and foremost, I really do not think it's smart for him to be fighting after having a heart condition. Yes. Look at Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy had heart problems. And he said, you know what? The writing's on the wall. My life is more important than what what I'm doing inside the cage. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just like your man Mike Pyle, you know, the juice sometimes is not worth the squeeze. So, exactly. Gotta look at Struve right now. He's 30 years old, still a young man, still has the world to, to, to grasp, Bill. And do you really want to risk, number one, your health just to be, you know, one of the tallest fighters in the UFC? No, like there, there's so many opportunities that you could do inside the UFC that you could do for your country, you know, go back and do for Europe, bring, you know, be an ambassador for European MMA as well, too. And just mm-hmm. have that position as well, too. Fight for that position. Dana White loves you. You'll get that position. Uh, I'm not to say he's not capable for doing it. It's just me, myself. It's a stressful career. It's strain on your body. It can't be great on your heart as well, too. Um, mm-hmm. If he were to continue fighting, it's difficult. I could see him taking on, like, um, your boy Blades next. That would be an interesting fight. Uh, even though this was a takedown central, I think he yeah. wasn't expecting Arlowski's takedown, which was happening at will. And even if you saw the takedowns, they weren't, like, ground-and-pound takedowns. They were just used like a tool, like a jab in a way. I'll take you they're, they're, Yeah, they were, they were just scoring. That's all it was. He was like, hey, I'm going to take you down and just get points. That's all he was doing because it wasn't, you know – it wasn't really dominating ground and pound. And then we saw Struve have that um, almost, you know, lock up a few um, submissions and stuff. And Arlowski just got out of his guard real quick. He said, no way. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was just really just used to score points, but it was working. You know, it was kind of like, it reminds me of um, the polar opposite where uh, Jardine was just some um, leg kicking the hell out of, um, uh, oh my God, I just forgot his name right now. Um, it reminds me guy. of, Playing the THQ version of UFC Undisputed, and you use the muscle shark all the time, and all you would do is go <laughs> with fucking takedowns and get back, yeah. get up, get up, and then again, the fucking takedown. It was the most frustrating. Uh, I, I remember that. I remember that because you didn't you didn't want the Sean Shark. I remember no, that. I was like, yeah, you, yeah, I was like, you want the Sean Shark? Because then at that time you had to spend the analog, so I used to get the blisters. Like, I'm gonna give you the Sean Shark real quick. Like, but yeah, nah, but definitely, definitely. Um, great match on Arlowski's part. I, I could see him making a run of the title. And like you said, he falls into that Raquel Pennington, that Jeremy Stevens, you know, kind of thing. Just give it to him one more time, you know, along with Edgar in the Coleman event. So, but I don't know. I'm happy that in the sense that, hey, like, 
this guy, you know, he still takes fighting serious and he still hangs around and a lot of people just discredit this guy and they're like, no, this dude goes out there and he still whips ass. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I'm happy. But on the other hand, I'm a little bit down because like you said, Struve, I've always liked Struve, always been a fan of him, but I think it's just a little bit of time where he just looks at himself in the mirror, you know, having that heart condition as well. Maybe take a page out of Dan Hardy's book and just chill out on the sidelines. Not worth it. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely, definitely not worth it. And just take some time out on the sidelines. Um, excuse me, sidelines, and just try to incorporate his um influence, like you said, back in his home country, and uh groom and train that next uh crop of rising stars in the the Deutschland, you know. Deutschland. So, yeah, but yeah, definitely, definitely. But moving on to the next match is the third fight of the night. It was at bantamweight. We saw Shane Sugar O'Malley. Versus Andre Sukumte. And yeah, I don't know, man. That that O'Malley hype train, choo choo. People better jump on that bandwagon right now before this dude blows up because honestly, he, he went out there and he showed that he's for real, in my opinion, as well. Because he went out there, great striking. Um, like I said, this dude is like a video game. Um, was it the end of the first round or the second round where he caught that combination, that spinning attack? Oh, where yeah. he just went. No, Andre, real quick. I'm like, no, nah, this dude is like a cheat code. You get what I'm saying? So O'Malley, just so versatile, great striking, in your face, doesn't back down. And we just saw that. And we saw Andre, you know, meet him back at it again. But real quick, um, I mean, what was Andre thinking? O'Malley was clearly hurt, but he wanted to wrestle him and just leave him on the ground. Was that a missed opportunity? I mean, he was already down 2-0, two, two you know? But um, why not let him stand up and try to see if you could, you know, work something you get what i'm saying but I, I i don't know i mean it was a great match overall andre did not shy away from sean, uh, sean o'malley and sean o'malley you know lived up to the hype in my opinion he got injured but do you think that was like i said he was already down 2-0 in my eyes but do you feel that was a mistake that he should have let him stand up and try to work some striking on sean o'malley and maybe it could have changed the the face of the fight what do you it, think it could have definitely um I give Andre a lot of respect in this fight because he brought the fight to O'Malley. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. First round, second round, you know, even though he was getting the worst out of exchanges, he was still punching. He was still kicking. He was still in O'Malley's face. So I give him a lot of respect for that because I, I like fires like that. You're not going to make it a, a name out of my expense. And exactly. You felt that from Andre. So I, I give him kudos for the heart and determination he put in this fight. I definitely think there could have been a lot of reasons why he went take, uh, take down City in the third round. Um, yeah. uh, it, it was definitely a missed opportunity, but you never know what a fire is going through at that time. Maybe he could have, uh, maybe he was thinking he could have finished it on the ground. Maybe he thought yeah. he could have ground and pound and maybe got a lucky elbow in or maybe a lucky choke in. Like there's um, uh, multiple things that he felt probably he could have tried to accomplish and try to maybe get that sneak win rather than try to accumulate more shots to face or just because at that point um, O'Malley was getting not tired, but you can see that this match was um, um, taking a toll on both bodies. So you never know what happening at that moment in time, though. I mean, yeah, I think uh, I I saw not really didn't see him slowing down. Maybe it was just the fact that he was injured and we don't know at what time he got injured. So maybe we saw him take a step back. And um, but yeah, Andre, like you said, he did not shy down. He didn't shy. He didn't back down. He came out swinging. Even in the second round, he opened up the second round with the pressure on O'Malley, putting him up against the cage, just swinging, going at it, saying like, "Hey, I'm here," you know. 
I'm not no pushover either, you know. I'm the Asian sensation, you feel me? Like so but um it was a great fight on um both parts. We know O'Malley got the win. Um but I don't know. I don't I don't know. Uh I was kinda rooting for an upset, but hey, I I, I love O'Malley. The dude is a finisher. What I love about him is he has that mentality of it's not over till it's over because we saw um Andre uh say kinda like stop real quick and go defenseless when you heard the little 10 second clapper come on. And then right then and there O'Malley just jumped on his neck to try to lock in the rear naked. That just shows you his killer instinct. Yeah. He will grab anything and anything. And he's always trying to finish. So, you know, hats off to, to sugar O'Malley for that. I, I definitely like that killer instinct. We really don't see that as much in young fighters at times or in a lot of, you know, fighters nowadays that sometimes they shy away and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was a great fight. It was a great fight, in my opinion. I have no complaints about this fight. It was good. I was just the uh, the just thinking who had like the most epic post fight interview. Was it Sean O'Malley just laid out, <laughs> or Joel Romero just sitting on the ground chilling? <laughs> like so that, that that was funny. That was cool. Um, but, but with that, yeah. For you though, is where do you see O'Malley next? Because with me, I don't want the UFC pushing them anywhere to the top yet. I want them gradually building this guy up so they have a star. They they have a piece of coal. And they can make him into a diamond if they just keep on going this way. Oh, definitely, definitely. They should not not push him so fast because, like you said, he is a piece of coal. Exactly. He definitely could be a stud. He's he already has that stud pedigree. He has that stud feel. He has the whole superstar feel. He 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 kind of is the complete package right now and everything. So just gradually push him in there slowly, work him up. Um, I don't know. Um, who who? Yeah, I would not throw him in the mix. Definitely like the top mix. No way, no how. Just definitely, we'll see where he comes back when he comes back from that injury. And if you want to give him another great striker, um. Give him a uh, Eddie Wineland is still fighting. Yeah, Eddie Wineland. That yeah. that'll be a great match. Or do you think that's too much competition? Um, not that it's too much competition, but at the same token, um, I like him fighting these younger fighters. I like the fact that okay. we're seeing like um diversity in the UFC again, where mm-hmm. it's not just you know the old grizzled fighter trying to make their way back into the promised land. I feel. They'll focus on Eddie Wyland's story more than they would on O'Malley's story there. I really want just a true grit of competition from two young studs trying to make a name over each other. That's really cool. Okay, I, I, I see. I see. I get you on what you're saying. Okay, cool. That's cool. So, um, I threw out Eddie Wyland. You would like, you like to see a next younger fighter. Like, I don't want to sit here and say no name, but like a young prospect. That's what you would want to see. Yeah, you know, um, if we saw like, a prospect coming out from that Dana White YouTube show, um, just say, hey, you know, even throw a promo out there like, hey, you know, this guy came out from this show as well, too. You know, he's all high PA, nothing whatsoever. I bet you if you promote this match right now, we could be co-main event in the next Fight Night card. And if you talk a lot of nonsense, that could be something hype right there for a younger audience. The YouTube audience follow that fighter. And, of course, you have the audience that follows O'Malley. That's right there. War of the words. That's all you need. 
like like DC DC had me laughing for once in my life. Besides that, I'm all about that chicken video where he goes, yeah, you know, that's a lot of a lot of hype for O'Malley and a lot of followers on the Instagram. You know, young kids love that app nowadays. It's important <laughs> to them. I was like DC, like you got that, you got that, man. Because yeah, a lot of people, you know, ooh, they love that gram, but still. I don't know, man. I, I get what you're saying. He should be moved up real slowly and worked up. But, but, you know, we're kind of seeing UFC's already pushing him up real fast. Because hey, he he from Dana White finds a fighter. Uh, I may have you know butchered the name of the show. Um, from that to uh the fight night, so he's already on the main card, third and you know third fight of the night. Yeah, that's those are big jumps, you know. So. Maybe the UFC, you know, hopefully they don't handle him wrong. Like, you know, that whole CM Punk fiasco. But that's for another story. <laughs> your, ne- your next fight, uh, we're going to put you against uh, Dominic Cruz is coming back. Go ahead. Take on Dominic Cruz. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, go against Dominic Cruz. Yeah, something like that. We're going to put you against uh, a Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> like, but moving on to another guy that has a lot of hype behind him. And I don't think I'm I'm gonna introduce him by his name. It's at featherweight, and it is the co-main event. We saw Frankie Edgar versus uh, Brian. I'm legit Ortega. I'm living up to the hype. It, yeah, yeah, bro. Um, no, this this dude. Um, like I said, I, I've followed Ortega. I like Ortega. He's beating a few names. He, this is his biggest feather in his cap. But today he just showed me, I don't know about anybody else. I don't know how you feel. But today he showed me he's legit. He showed me that he is for real. He's just not hype. And he's 14-0 and right now. And I'm saying that because he beat Frankie Edgar, a legend in the sport. He, he's a freaking stud. You get what I'm saying? A legend. And... But he did it so calm and nonchalant. He did not get flustered. He knew he was out there with a legend, but he was confident of himself. He was like, okay, hey, I'm here. This is my biggest shot, you know? And he was so chill. Like, he, he man, um, how's that phrase? You call blooded Charlie Murphy. So, like, you know what I'm saying? He was so cold blooded. Like, he had some ice water in his veins tonight. He did not flinch, nothing no facial expressions, and he went out there and got the job done. And Brian Ortega, he's legit, man. Uh, he's definitely, definitely a fighter that I want to see fight for that strap, and I want to see him and Holloway put on a show. How do you feel about this match? Before I let you go, it hurt. It hurt. Believe me. For us, I know it hurt. For 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 you, for me, for my father, for a lot of people, we kind of grew into the sport watching Frankie Edgar. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it 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 hurt watching that uppercut from hell, you know, a la Ryu uppercut. So, but um, how'd you feel about this match? I'm going to let you take the floor now. I'm just going to say that forward uppercut has to be like a special move in the next UFC game, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it sends people to the graves. Freaking uh, <laughs> Ganu with Overeem and Overeem. looking at um, Ortega with uh, Edgar, that, that forward uppercut is such a devastating maneuver that people don't utilize. And it always is, yeah. it sneaks up on you and catches you off guard. That being said, though, wow, like it, like you said, calm, collective, one of the most calm, collective knockouts I've ever seen in my life. You know, yeah, bro. No emotion, the sniper right to the chin. 
And Edgar, you know, it, it hurt, but at the same time, it it wasn't like fuckery. It wasn't like how dare you. It was justified. It was justified. It 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 was kind of crazy because I defy anybody to say no. Whoever was watching that fight, Frank Edgar was winning that first round. He was on his way to bank the first round. Yeah. So it I, I it was crazy. It just came out of nowhere. That plush little sneak elbow. That's another technique that a lot of people sometimes incorporate, but not a lot of people know how to use it. And Brian Ortega is one. We saw Chris Wyman knock um freaking Mark Munoz out of this world with that elbow. You get what I'm saying? That little quick, that quick, you hear me? That little quick sneaking elbow, you know, is devious. It's devastating because you don't expect it and it's so fast and sharp. You get what I'm saying? And that's what started it for him. And like you said, and then he was just calm, collected, took took his time. He actually measured him up with the uppercut so lovely. He stepped back. He was like, okay, I'm learning you in. And wham! And he just knocked his head off, man. And it hurt, but hey, hats off. I, I can't say nothing else about Brian Ortega, but the dude is freaking legit, and I want to see him. I don't want to see him fight Stevens. I want to see him and Holloway go at it. How do you feel? Yeah, yeah, I think um, a better matchup, a uh, more stylistically and entertaining matchup is him and Holloway. I think these two studs will put on a war, and they could definitely <laughs> look anywhere if they wanted to. Um um, taking away my feelings away from Frankie Edgar, I think Ortega is a, a brilliant athlete, very calm, very collective, very composed. Um, you can see a couple of chinks in the armor, though, with Frankie Edgar, what he exposed. But then again, Frankie Edgar is a different kind of beast. Frankie Edgar hits yeah. and gets to you in different kind of ways that most people didn't have the Allah answer for. Exactly. Uh, so with that being said, I think this guy is a prominent threat to Max Holloway. Max Holloway even though he's a great a champion and a great fighter to his credit, he leaves himself exposed a lot. A lot. Yeah. He's not afraid yeah, so. to take hits. That's it. Yeah. And we've seen right here, a lot of people don't get up from Ortega's hits. So, you know, it's a scary matchup from someone who fights uh, with a lot of heart like Holloway does mm-hmm. uh, as to someone who's yeah. technical and cold. As Ortega, it's a very, very interesting matchup. It, it it really is, man, and it has money. I don't care what anybody says. If they do not get hyped for the for these two fighters to fight, you just don't appreciate the sport. And it's it's gonna make for a great match. It's what should be next. Wherever um, Max Holloway is on the recovery chart, it's what's next. I if I was Ortega. <laughs> I wouldn't even take a Jeremy Stevens fight because that's such a big threat. You get what I'm saying? Little Heathen could definitely take that spot. You get what I'm saying? So I wouldn't even take it. But I'm just saying that for the simple fact that I really want to see Ortega and Max Holloway because I haven't got – I don't know what's going on, but the MMA guys have not aligned that fight. And it's not going to happen now after tonight, Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar. So – um. At least give us Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. You get what I'm saying? So, man, great, great match. Um, like we said in the podcast last night, the pick show, 
Do you think this is it for Edgar? You think this is the last time we may have seen Edgar in the ring? Do you think he just walks into the sunset? Legend, of course, if he just walks into the sunset, or do you think he he you know Jersey styles up and just comes at it again stronger than ever? I think it's okay for him to walk out of this. You know, at the end of the day, you're gonna try to fight your way back for a championship that you really don't need right now. Um, yeah, and to be honest. No other win that you're going to have is going to be prominent for an exit right now. It's like, oh, I beat Cub Swanson again. Oh, I finally beat Jose Aldo. Maybe there. Maybe that's the only thing I can say is he finally gets that chip off his shoulder and beats Aldo. But even with that, it's like he has nothing else to prove. Like this knockout right here is a great send-off to his career. Say, you know what? No one's ever done that to me. That kid has, you know, you got Moxie, kid. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go right off into the sunset. It makes more sense for him to do that. He has his own gym. He has a family. He has everything at, at in the palm of his hand to be to have a great life. Yeah, he doesn't definitely, definitely. Like, keep on, you know, trying to search for that brass ring. And, and most likely he's going to take over the family business, you know, because he comes from a family business, you know. His pops has a business as well. So this dude is set. He's good with the gym. He's good. He's good, man. Legend, legend in the sport. Mm-hmm. He 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 could walk away, and he does not have to be ashamed about anything because he's went out there and gave it a thousand percent. And he made me a fan because at first I was never really a Frankie Edgar fan, but I was like, man, you can't count this guy out. Like I said yesterday, this dude is like the living Rocky. You get what I'm saying? So definitely, definitely, I would like to see him personally. My opinion. Not even take another fight, like you said. I, I would just want him to just say, you know what? I've done it all. I became a champ. I've beaten big names. Um, I've even sat here and defied the odds. You know, I've beaten Jeremy Stevens. I defied the odds against Yair Rodriguez, where Yair Rodriguez thought he was going to make a name on him. Yep. He freaking he proved me wrong when he knocked out Chad Mendes. He beat Uriah Faber. He beat Cub Swanson. He defied the odds against BJ Penn. So, bro. He has nothing to prove. Well, with Maynard as well, he has nothing to prove. He could just walk away. But, you know, sometimes how these fighters are, that that's all they know, and it's in them. You get what I'm saying? But definitely, definitely hats off to Brian Ortega. You know, be, uh, Frankie Edgar as well. I don't know. We'll see where he goes from here, but I would like to see him take some time off. So, moving into your main event of the evening. Because I know this is the fight no. you wanted to watch. No. no, stop, stop it, stop it. This is the fight you wanted to watch. <laughs> no, I'm just busting your chops. It went, it went as, as planned. This went it, exactly as I thought it would. <laughs> A lot of people, like they were even saying it. Joe Rogan, DC, were saying it. They were like, no, yeah, I'm not even surprised at the outcome. I knew it was going to go like this. And um, that is the main event. And the main event is Chris Cyborg versus Yana Kunitskaya. Um, we saw Chris Cyborg defend her strap once again, dominant fashion. She went out there. And, like, you know, once again, shout out to One Up MMA. He said it when we were at the fight night thread. Um, wow, she's so powerful. And yeah, I was looking how Cyborg was throwing those punches. I'm like, 
oh, you live up to that name of a cyborg. You're just such a beast. She was just thrown with not reckless abandonment, but reckless abandonment of strength. She was on her Ivan Drago stuff. Like, if she dies, she dies. You get what I'm saying? Like, she was... (laughs) If she would have hit me, I shit myself on purpose. Not out of of here. On purpose. Dude, you know, and shout out to my pops as well. My pops is saying the same thing. He's like, Damn, I would not like to get hit by a cyborg. I couldn't even hold the smack probably because she knocked me the fuck out. Like, yo, cyborg is so hard. And I've, I mean, I've seen her swing, but tonight she was just swinging with a purpose. Am I right or wrong? Like, she was just going in. She was just like, she was just like, I'm just gonna, I I can't even think of a great analogy, but it was just like, it was just the mauling of Yuna. We saw her that she had that little split second where she just went to the grappling exchange, you know, where she started putting up pressure. And it, it, it looked like she had a little ray of hope, you know, like she, she was pressuring Cyborg against the cage, trying to work that takedown. You know, at, even when the match started, I was like, wow, really? This is what type of fight we're getting? When um, Cyborg smacked her up against the cage, and Yuna got that one shot, you know, the, the takedown out of desperation. We saw a little ray of hope, but it was just covered up with with freaking cyborgs just devastation of oh man she was such a beast i i and you know me i don't like cyborg but man i i don't know they need to find some talent for this division because they can't keep um feeding her females that are not a part of this division you see what i'm saying this is like yeah yeah. no definitely it's impossible for for you to take this division seriously at this moment in time and and prime example of this was you know, nothing to take anything away from Invicta, Invicta FC whatsoever. But you had your top Barracuda taking on a great white mm-hmm. shark. And it just doesn't work out that way. No, no, no. It, it, it It's like you said, and I saw that tonight. I saw that tonight with this fight because I know you've spoken about it in previous podcasts. And you always talk to me about it. But I saw it tonight because uh, they even said it. The announcers are like, you know, she's going to go back down or whatever it is. And and Joe Rogan, it, this is how crazy of the discrepancy and that there's no females in her division that Joe Rogan said for Cyborg to drop, she would have to cut a leg off. You get what I'm saying? Just to make the weight. That's how big she is. And that's how crazy the discrepancy is because you even saw Kuniskaya in there. She's so fragile. She's so small, you know, compared to freaking Cyborg. It was just like. Not saying that she's a frail, you know, fighter or whatever, because she's a champion in her own right from Invicta. But no, man, they, they Dana White needs to go out there, travel the world, s- stop that show, looking for male fighters on YouTube, and find featherweight fighters for that division for the females division, because it's just gonna be like this all the time, and it ain't even worth the pay per view to order. You get what I'm saying? It's just like, hey, you know, she's gonna fall into that. Um, in my opinion, Cyborg will fall into that kind of that Ronda mystique. We're like, okay, we know what we're going to get, armbar, and that's it. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, we know what we're going to get. And I, I don't know, man. Um, you want to know why? But, you know what? Yeah. Dana White sees her as his Tyson. That's what it is. Yeah, that's money right there. He looks at her, and he sees, you know, the dollar bills glaze over his eyes because – she is a fan favorite. She does put asses in the seas. I do understand that. So that's why this division was created for her, to keep her, to not go anywhere and put the strap on her because he knows 
that she's unstoppable. So he said, hey, you're just like a piece of meat. You're money for me. You get what I'm saying? So, but I, I want to see some real competition. It's, st- stop the fuckery. You know, part of my French. Stop it. Go out there, get some real competition. Bring some females, fighters that are in her weight class that they don't have to put on weight or anything of that nature. Cause no, no. I mean, hats off to Cyborg. Dominant. Yeah, did her thing. But no, I want to see you in there with some real competition now. It's, it's, let's stop for this effery. You feel like that? You get what I'm saying? Like, you agree with me? Like it's just gonna get it's just gonna get to a point where it's like it's not even gonna be fun to watch, you know. You're just gonna be like, "Well, that happened." And you're tarnishing careers. You you just tarnished your career as the Invicta Bantamweight Championship champion. That championship means nothing right now. Oh, you just, yeah. it's like uh, you got beat by a top dog. Why am I gonna fight you? You know, like I can just pass this and go to the UFC and probably take on some tougher competition. She's not she she devalued that title. That's number one. And number two, if Amanda Nunez fights her as well too, which everybody's thinking that she's the next comp- a big competition for, for her, and rightfully so, Amanda Nunez is very tough. But if she were to lose that, you can value that championship as well too. I don't. I, yeah, they're gonna devalue that. And you know what? And you know what? Um, I love Amanda. I love Amanda Nunez. Like you said, she's just a champion that's being overlooked and forgotten. You get what I'm saying? Like, for some reason, she does not get her dues, things like that. But I, I don't even think – I love Amanda. I may be, you know, wrong in saying this, but still, I, I don't even think Amanda Nunes would – I mean, she would pose a threat. Don't get me wrong. She would pose a threat, but I don't think she would get the job done, honestly. It's just that Cyborg is just so big, man. Like, I I think there's a Cyborg under her skin. Like, in Terminator, when when he cut his skin and you saw a little T-1000 hand and all that, like, I think there's a Cyborg in there, bro. Like, she's so hard hitting. She's just on another level. And they need to find another female that just resembles her in every way, in body stature and frame and everything. Until then, because Amanda is you know, smaller in the sense that she's a smaller fighter. And, I mean, if she comes in there, of course, she's um the more accurate fighter in my eyes. She has strength as well. If she comes in there and lands a, a few plus shots, we'll see. But I just don't think Cyborg is going to allow that, man. She's just a beast. She's on another level, you know. And rightfully so, because a lot of these women are not on her level. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. But anything else you want to add to that? Because I know... You despise this division with a passion. Australia, <laughs> that's where you'll find them. Go down under, you'll find some big old girls out there that are looking to chop some people down. And uh, you know, <laughs> you go to Australia, go down to Russia again. You know, um, go, go go somewhere. Go go to Siberia. There's some cold people up there looking for a fight that you know uh, hit icebergs for a living. So you know, you know, do, do something. They know why. Have fun with this. Yeah. You know? Uh, 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 uh. He, he definitely needs to play David Blaine and pull a, a freaking rabbit out, not even a hat, uh, out of somewhere. But he's not going to do it because that's his moneymaker. You get what I'm saying? So he's not oh. going to do it. Yeah. No, I really got nothing to say about that, man. Um, uh, the whole event as a whole was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, even though there was um, some heartbreaking moments, I feel like it yes. still was a consistently a consistent um, pay-per-view that's actually good. And from, I think, December on, 
the fight nights, the fight cards, and the pay per views have all been consistently great. Yeah, they have, they have, they have. They've been putting on some great, great fights. I agree with you there a thousand percent. And like you said, don't have complaints. I just have complaints as a fan in the sense where like the fighters that I picked did not win. You get what I'm saying? That's the only complaint I have. But hey, you win some, you lose some. They're competitors. They go out there. You know, it's just as a fan. You get what I'm saying? But overall, the card was great. It it delivered. You know, we knew what we were getting from the main event. That 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 mauling, heartbreaking moments, like you said. We saw Frankie Edgar get knocked into another dimension. Um, another heartbreaking moment. It kind of sucks that he went out like that. Mike Pyle, he got knocked out in the first round on his retirement match. Yeah. You know, so that, that sucked. That hurts. You know, Mr. Quicksand, another fighter that we grew up on watching. So that sucks. It, it, overall, it was just uh, an emotional pay-per-view, like you said. And it, it was kind of, those two fights and stuff like that was kind of like, hey, like a little passing of the guard. Do you get what I'm saying? So great, great, great pay-per-view, though, UFC 222, man. Is there anything else you want to share with this event? Um, if the UFC ever gets another, I guess, challenger for Cyborg that's like twice or under her size, I just want like a Jackie Moon part. I just want like a fuck this Simone, I'm out. Simone, I'm out of here. Like I, <laughs> I, I need like something like that just to get some comedy in this because I yeah. feel for them. I feel for them at that moment in time. You know, you know who you you know who I want to see fight Cyborg. I want to see all the way from she's in Risen, right? I want to see Gabby Garcia bust the ass. No, I'll do that. I'll see that. I'll see that all day. <laughs> yeah, the only way we're going to see Gabby Garcia and uh, Cyborg is on some Pride Days where there's like no weight restrictions. Because, man, imagine that, though. That would be crazy, bro. <laughs> I'll take that all day. You, you give me that, and I'll be, I'll have, I'll have a good old time. Man, oh, no. Bro, like, go, go, go. Bring over Gabby Garcia. <laughs> do, do what Vince McMahon and Triple H do in wrestling. Go to the bodybuilding competitions and get a big old chick that looks like she could freaking chop, you know, a redwood down for Pinky. Like, get one of those yeah. just to look intimidating at least. Exactly, man. You, you know, you need you need to find that 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 woman from Romanovia, like freaking dodgeball or something. <laughs> like, toy or like. Uh, <laughs> Like something like that. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm done, man. But we'll like see. Mongolian mongoloid or something. You need something. <laughs> we'll see what they conjure up for Cyborg because he definitely needs some competition, honestly. Whatever they're feeding her right now is not competition. So hopefully we will see her get fed some competition. But with that being said, everybody, this wraps your UFC 222 reaction show. Great fight. um, Great car. Great night of fights. I hope you guys watched it and enjoyed it as we did. So we're going to wrap things up now, and I'm going to let Val take the floor. And where can they find you at, Val? Uh, Twitter, Uncanny underscore V. Um, they can find me at here at Anchor and uh, iTunes and Podcast Republic with Sideshow Conversations, uh, podcast about pop culture and everything good in geek culture, um, where you come up as well, too. We do a couple of segments of Pop 5 Countdowns and a lot mm-hmm. of and, uh, uh, comic book-related instances as well, too. So um, check that out. Um, you can also find me here as well, too, at the Tomorrow Chronicles, where we talk about bloody elbows and um, scissor locks and uh, dark <laughs> <laughs> um, You can find us.
us as well, too. Oh, yeah, this uh, also has a Twitter as well, too. Find us on Twitter at the Camorra Chronicles and um, also iTunes, Podcast Republic, and, of course, Anchor as well, too. We're always looking for different outlets. Um, EWA as well, too. Um, Elite Wrestling Audio. We talk about chair shops and leg drops. Um, that's coming out as well, too. Look forward to that. Um, that's on Twitter, where me and you co-host, and we have a good old time talking about, you know, Van Daminators and Terminators and all the dirty Terminators. You definitely could go on. I love it. But yeah, um, they can find me here on the Kamora Chronicles co-hosting with you. They can find me over on Elite Wrestling Audio, where, you know, like you just said, we talk about Van Daminators and Curve Stomps and all that stuff. All that wrestling talk, you can catch that over there. Um, and they could find, I mean, like you said, on, you know, Sideshow Conversation, I'll pop up once in a while, doing a little pop five over there with you. They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore J Rance. Both have the same name. You know, Instagram being that important app, like DC said, check us out over there. Kids they can find it. me on, huh? Kids love it. Yeah, kids love it. They can find me on the Jay Rand show where I do my thing, where I mostly talk about sports, uh, basketball, football, soccer, baseball, you know, that's starting up. The MLS season starting up now, you know, check for that. I'll occasionally talk and rant about video games, mostly PS4 related because PlayStation had since forever. Um, so you can find me over there on the Jay Rand show. And yeah. Like he, like uh, my co-host said, like Val said, we are on Facebook and Twitter. Check us out. Join the fun. Interact with us. We always do these fight night threads. Uh, once again, shout out to One Up MMA. We're going to try to get them on this show. We're going to see. So we can get on. Just have a good old time, man. Join the fun, everybody. So, yeah, with that being said, until the next one. It's Come been on a pleasure. With it. Get on with it, <laughs> Later, man.